The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio in Lexington. Welcome in to the Leach Report for another week. As the snow has melted and the cats are heading back out on the road to face Vanderbilt tomorrow night in Nashville. We'll talk Kentucky basketball and more with John Hale from the Courier-Journal and Kyle Tucker from The Athletic, who joins us on Mondays. Wildcat News of the Day, a service of Giuseppe's, and we'll jump into it with some good news for Kentucky football. Jordan Wright and Jacquez Jones both announcing that they will return for another season at UK. I think Jones had been uh, rumored to be making this decision for several weeks, so this one uh, wasn't classified as a surprise, I don't think. The Jordan Wright one may be a little more so because uh, I didn't – hear any any consensus on Jordan and would he come back but I think it makes sense because he uh, was injured and missed a good chunk of this season had a great bowl game leading tackler had a deflection that led to an interception he's always been a a big play guy on the Kentucky defense and so now um, he comes back and hopefully stays healthy and gets to uh, have a chance to better showcase his skills for the NFL and gives Kentucky uh, another great a rusher off the edge, so they'll have uh, two vets in Jordan Wright and J.J. Weaver, and they can uh, get creative with guys with that kind of talent and experience with some things they uh, could do in the pass rush. Both are good in coverage, so you can line them up like they're going to rush and then drop them in coverage and uh, blitz somebody else. So it gives uh, Brad White some uh, really good flexibility there in terms of uh, his scheming to have that kind of talent and, and experience on the edge in two players rather than uh, just one. So that's uh, very good news for Kentucky football. Kentucky basketball, hoping to get some good news today. John Calipari said if Xavier Wheeler practices, then he'll play at Vandy tomorrow night. So we'll see. Um, no radio show tonight because it's a Tuesday road game and the team travels on Monday, so the radio show will be on Wednesday, so you won't get any insight on uh, Xavier probably until the pregame show on the uh, on the radio side tomorrow because uh, they will have a news conference today, but uh, that usually happens before practice, and so um, I don't think we'll get, uh, I assume, any insight there. So when I uh, do the pregame with Cal, on the radio network, that's probably when we'll find out about Wheeler's status for the Vanderbilt game. Kentucky, very impressive in beating Georgia 92-77. to Broke the game open in the second half with just a really good offensive performance. Their defense left a little bit desired. Georgia shot almost 50%, but offensively, Kentucky was rolling. You had Ty Ty Washington with 17 assists setting a new school record, and uh, he talked about that to the media after the game. Once I found out, like, he wasn't playing, I just knew that, you know, I had to just step up as a leader. Uh, and just going through this whole week of practice, my teammates, you know, they're all telling me, like, you know, we go as you go, so you just lead us. And just having guys that's older than me telling me, you know, even though I'm a freshman, like, 
we're going to rock with you. Anything you tell us, we're going to do. So just be out there, be comfortable, be a leader. That takes a lot of pressure off of me. In climbing up the ladder on the single-game assist record at UK, listen to the list of names that Ty Ty Washington passed. Xavier Wheeler, Tyler Eulis, Dickie Beal, Dirk Mittefield, Travis Ford, and finally John Wall. Well, I watched him play. I watched a bunch of his highlights at Kentucky. I watched him in the NBA a lot. So, you know, just for me to go out there and break the record, you know, which is exciting to me because a lot of other great point guards came here as well. So, I mean, I could I could be the one who said, you know, I went to Kentucky, I set the record, and, you know, hopefully it gets, you know, set for a minute. Hopefully nobody breaks it. So he had also a double-double because he had 17 points to go along with the 17 assists. Uh, Oscar Shibway, 29 points, 17 rebounds in the game. Thought sure he'd get a twenty twenty night, but uh, Georgia it, down the stretch either was making shots or getting fouled, and so there weren't uh, as many rebound opportunities for Oscar, and he uh, ended up only only with seventeen. Uh, and uh, Davian Mintz seems to have uh, found his shooting stroke again. That's really good to see. He had nineteen points, so he's had uh, ten, sixteen, and nineteen in the last three games. Made eight threes in the last two games, including five on Saturday night. National championship game tonight, Georgia and Alabama in Indianapolis. Uh, the U.K. women went down to play at number 1 South Carolina yesterday and lost 74-54 to fall to 8-4 and four on the season, 1-1 one and one in league play. Ryan Howard held just nine points, and it was on the inside where Kentucky really was um, – Outplayed 54-22 advantage on points in the paint for South Carolina, 55-37 advantage in rebounding for the Gamecocks. And reports out of Denver saying that DeMarcus Cousins is going to sign a 10-day contract with the Nuggets. Links to the stories that we talk about each day can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio in Lexington. And our Wildcat News of the Day is a service of Giuseppe's of Lexington. Live jazz music every night to accompany your meal. It is a true dining experience at Giuseppe's. Go to Giuseppe'sLexington.com, check out the menu, make a reservation. See you soon at Giuseppe's. We'll be right back with John Hale from the CJ. Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Welcome back in to the Leach Report for a Monday. We welcome John Hale to the program from courier-journal.com where he covers Kentucky football and basketball. Start with the football news and the return of Jacquez Jones and uh, Jordan Wright. I was saying that Jones was certainly expected. I, I didn't know that there was as much of a consensus on Wright, but these, this is two big pickups, right? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I, I think, like you said, we had kind of expected Jones to be back and, and knew what that was going to mean. But Jordan Wright is, I think, maybe even the bigger decision because they were in a spot where they were going to be really thin on the edge at outside linebacker if he left. And we had not talked to him in you know months, I think, because you know he was injured off and on throughout the season and uh, was not one of the players available for interviews in December before the bowl game. So we really didn't have a great feel of where he was at, where he was thinking. But by him coming back, now you've got Bright and J.J. Weaver. Um, 
at some young guys, freshmen that they're really high on coming in in that class at that position, and you're suddenly going from a real question mark to a position of strength, especially when you look at Jones coming back and the way Derek Jackson played down the stretch and uh, the two freshman linebackers and thrower and, and Trevin Wallace there, and you know maybe DeAndre Square comes back too, and you can do some mixing and matching to boost some guys around to different positions to get your best 11 on the field there. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be uh, – I've said this before – but it's worth repeating, Mississippi. <laughs> excuse me, Mississippi State got to number one in the polls in 2014, and when they came in and played here in Lexington, uh, Dan Mullen was rolling in a completely new front seven uh, about every third series without uh, much of, if any, drop off. And Kentucky's going to be pretty close to doing that, especially if you're playing a lot of nickels. So you'd have Weaver and Wright as a, an outside linebacker. Uh, you'd have uh, as you mentioned, maybe square, and then you got Jones and Jackson and Wallace and Thrower on the inside, and up front you've got Ribka, and then they, I think, probably expect to get somebody out of the transfer portal, and Oxendine and maybe Saunders, and then Rogers and Hayes, and uh, you know, you, you that's something Kentucky is. I don't know if they've had that in our lifetimes, John. No, I mean that's a really good spot to be in because I mean, hey, you know that their guys are going to get injured. You're going to have to deal with. Uh, various, you know, bumps and bruises along the way that, you know, guys miss time. Just look at Jordan Wright last year. So having more options, you're better equipped to handle those. But when everybody is healthy, you can rotate a lot. I mean, what was it a couple of years ago? Maybe that's the first Citrus Bowl team. They rotated so heavily on the defensive line and that was a real strength for them. And, and maybe they haven't been able to do that the last couple of years, but it seems like they're going to be in a spot where they can now. And, you know, when you throw in your extra defensive backs in the nickel position or whatever, and you've got some, the experience in the secondary too. Uh, it's. I think it's going to be a really good defense next year. And you know they had their their moments last season where they looked really good, but I think the depth was a problem down the stretch in the second half, and, and that shouldn't be a concern now. Yeah, it's. It seemed like uh, for a long time when Kentucky, as Kentucky has ascended, they still haven't been able to hit that point where the offense and the the defense were both trending up. Uh, too often, if at all, be one year where they're stronger on offense and they've got to pick up the defense a little bit, like, like this year, really. And then, you know, then, uh, other years that's, uh, you know, the, the defense kind of picking up the offense. On paper, it looks like they could be, uh, you know, trending upward on both sides of the ball. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously they still got to figure out, you know, which of these young receivers are going to emerge. How do you replace Wondell Robinson, who is, you know, the single best re- season from a receiver in program history? That's a big question. But when you have, a quarterback like Will Levis coming back, given what he did in the first year in the system, assuming that he's going to be so much more comfortable after a full year in it, you know, a legitimate, you know, early round NFL draft pick, which they have not had a quarterback in a long time. Uh, you feel really good about your running back depth. Obviously, the offensive line is always going to be a strength for this program. Uh, it's really easy to get excited about both sides of the ball. I mean, for as, as fun as this year was, as fun as 2018 was, it does feel like on paper, you know, especially, you know, they've got a fairly favorable schedule next year too that it might be even better do you think we get the answers on guys like square and rodriguez this week yeah i would assume especially with the seniors the guys who are um you know deciding whether or not to use that extra year that the classes i think started today and so those guys are going to want to decide pretty quickly whether or not even even if they have another semester to finish their academic work whether they're going to focus on preparing for the draft or you know, start, you know, pointing ahead towards spring practice. So I, I would think those decisions are coming sooner rather than later. We're talking with John Hale from 
courier-journal.com at John Hale underscore CJ on Twitter. And we'll come right back and continue getting into a little Kentucky basketball as the Cats get back to uh, another road game tomorrow night at Vanderbilt. It's the Leach Report. We're served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington in Hamburg and in Palomar. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY. 23 past the top of the hour. We're chatting with John Hale from Courier-Journal.com as the Kentucky basketball team heads back out on the road after a 92-77 to win over Georgia without Xavier Wheeler. Uh, we'll perhaps, uh, well, I don't know if we'll learn anything about his status today, uh, John, but uh, they'll know if he practices or not, and then we'll uh, learn something tomorrow when we see him on the court or not. But Ty Ty Washington certainly filled in quite capably uh, running the show. Yeah, it was, I, I think, a huge development. I mean, obviously, Georgia's not very good. I mean, any team that loses to George Mason and East Tennessee State and Gardner-Webb at home is, you're not going to learn a lot by beating that team. But I do think it was a really important example of Ty Ty being able to run the show when Wheeler is not there. Because even if the injury doesn't keep him out for long, maybe he misses you know Tuesday's game, comes back Saturday, whatever. But there are going to be stretches where he's in foul trouble or where he struggles, that he's not on the floor. And to date, they had not really proven they could win in those situations. When you think about Duke, he played really well for most of that game, but he was the guy who struggled down the stretch when they kind of let go of the rope. Obviously, he had his worst performance of the year at Notre Dame. Then at LSU, he only played four minutes, and they lost all three of those games. So to go out and prove that not only could they win without him, but you know, Tai Tai could thrive in that position, setting the school record for assists, that's that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good example that you can do it. I think that gives them some confidence moving forward in whatever situations come up where Savir's not out there. Davian Mintz uh, seems to have uh, found his shooting stroke again after you know, he was out for the illness and came back and uh, really uh, struggled to make shots. And I would see him uh, after you know the first couple of games, and he'd start to watch practice, and he'd be you know knocking everything down, but uh, never could get it rolling in a game. Uh, coming out of the illness, he was five of twenty-six in the first six games from the three-point line. Last two games, he's made eight out of 15 and uh, shooting with a lot of uh, confidence now. And you got a story up at courier-journal.com about uh, one of the reasons why, and it has nothing to do with a basketball. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I think uh, our friend Kyle Tucker, who's maybe coming on later, wrote the story in the offseason about his dog, Ghost, who uh, is a registered support animal. He was, uh, Davion has really credited him a lot with, uh, being kind of something to lean on to get his mind off basketball at times, especially when he was making that decision about whether or not to come back to school over the summer. Um, it turns out that Ghost was not here when he was sick and when he was struggling. And then he came back right as things started to turn around. So, uh, when we were talking to Davion after the game Saturday, he said, yeah, yeah, he deserves all the credit. It's what, uh, it's part of the reason that I'm playing better now. So it, it's, it's a little fun anecdote, but I think it also is a, a real reminder of you know these guys, as Cal likes to say, are not machines. They have other things going on. I thought that Davion, at times, even before his illness, looked like he was trying to force things a little bit out there. I mean, adjusting to a new role after being so important to that team last year, it felt like maybe he was trying to do too much and prove that he needed more minutes every time he got on the floor. And obviously, that's not a way to succeed. And so, I think that he's you know found a little bit of uh, you know more comfort out there and is doing what his role is. He's kind of playing within himself now, and, and the results are starting to pay off. I saw something on the news uh, last year at one point where 
uh, on college campuses now, administrators identify anxiety and depression as a greater problem than drugs for the first time and for students. And um, I can't imagine that uh, athletes on a college athletes are that much different than the, their uh, peers in that, uh, you know, some of those issues they fight as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if your regular college student is going through that, then just think about the athlete who has those same, you know, fears and concerns and anxieties, but also has to do it with, you know, millions of people watching them play every night and judging what they do when they have an off night talking and tweeting at them and saying what's going on. I mean, it's, it's certainly, I think, a thing that, you know, coaches and programs have to be much more cognizant of now. I mean, I know Cal talked about it all the time last year during the pandemic and, the mental health effect of all that, but even you know, as the pandemic, if it you know, hopefully wraps up here at some point, that's still going to be a concern, and it's just something I think we're much more aware of now, and that's that's better for everybody involved. This is a an, an interesting stretch coming up on the schedule for uh, Kentucky. They've got Vanderbilt on the road, then Tennessee at home, and then A and M on the road, which is like thirteen and two, and then Auburn on the road. So three of the next four on the road, plus the next four Saturdays, Tennessee, but then on the road at Auburn, on the road at Kansas, on the road at Alabama. So uh, we'll, you know, about uh, the, after the after that stretch, we'll have a pretty good handle on uh, where, where this Kentucky team is and what it needs to do in the final month, right? Yeah, I think that's we're going to learn finally what this team really is. But if they're playing so well, if you throw out the LSU game and the weird circumstances with the injuries and everything in that, they've been playing so well recently. But you know, frankly, they've been doing it against subpar teams other than maybe I think North Carolina is probably the only team in that stretch that you feel confident is going to be in the tournament as an at-large team. And so uh, they still need to do it against a really good team, a you know legitimate top 25 team to feel good about this being a, a group that could make a deep run in the tournament. And frankly, they need to do it sooner rather than later to develop an NCAA tournament resume that's going to get on the top four, top three kind of seed. And now they've got plenty of opportunities. That's the good thing about the SEC being as good as it is. It's not one of those years where Kentucky's not going to play a legitimate contender from you know January and February going into the tournament. They're going to have to be plenty tested. These next few weeks, I think, are going to finally show us if you get over that hump, you beat a good team, that's going to be the next step for this group's development. You can read uh, the story about Davian Mintz we were talking about and uh, more U.K. coverage from John Hale at courier-journal.com. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. It's the Leach Report coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. Return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's Pump and Shops. And when you do head into the ones that have the Clark's Cafes, you'll thank me because they have fantastic fried chicken, chicken salad, ham salad, all homemade. Check it out at Clark's. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. Hey, if they want you to play center, go play center. They want you to play point guard, play point guard. Hey, just, you know, make the best of the opportunity you get and go out there, you know, make sure that, you know, you need to go on the court and help the team get the W. T. Washington, uh, the father of Ty Ty Washington. Uh, T. was on the Sunday morning sports talk show yesterday here in uh, Lexington and talking about uh, his son and, what he did in taking over the point guard role with Sevier Wheeler out. Ty Ty had 17 points and a school record, 17 assists. And uh, Kyle Tucker joins us now from the Athletic. 
com to talk about Kentucky basketball, which he covers for The Athletic. And uh, Ty Ty uh, not only ran the team well, and, and really I think in, in, in the previous times when he's been called on to slide into that role, he's run the team well, low turnovers, a uh, good number of assists. But in the previous games, he uh, didn't really produce that much offensively like he did in this game. Yeah, that was uh... – yeah, I, I thought he'd do fine. I thought that was pretty a pretty shocking level of <laughs> production, even even against a team that's not great in Georgia. Um, you know, it, to me, really remarkable offensively. They were terrific. I mean, I don't think you could have asked for much more um, without Severe Wheeler. I think you obviously missed him on defense. Uh, it took a little while for them to to get going defensively uh, without him, and Georgia still scored a bunch. But uh, offensively, Kentucky did not miss a beat. And um, of all the things, I, I just would not have, I would not have uh, in, in a million years predicted that Ty Ty was going to break John Wall's assist record uh, in that game. I mean, I, I absolutely would have believed that Severe Wheeler was going to break it this season. You know, he's had uh, several games with double-digit assists, and uh, so that was, that was very impressive, you know, in talking to you know, NBA-minded people, obviously, Kentucky fans don't care nearly about, as much about this as how much it elevates their ceiling. But, you know, NBA-minded people think he really helped himself by showing something like that last night uh, or, or the other night. And, um, you know, and I think, in turn, it does elevate Kentucky's ceiling. Uh, I think now there's a dilemma for Calipari about, um, you know, how do you how do you use them both, uh, uh, Severe and Ty Ty, I, I think it's obvious you need Severe's uh, uh, on-ball pressure defensively. Uh, some of the things he brings you there, but um, seeing Ty Ty do that opens up some new possibilities. You know, and obviously there's another new possibility now sitting on the bench and Shaden Sharp. If you want to talk about dilemmas, uh, what to do with him is on that list as well. Yeah, that's going to be an, an interesting. Um X factor is, you know, he goes through practices and, and, uh, gets more and more comfortable. You know, Calipari always talks about, uh, to his, you know, guys that aren't playing and that are on the bench, make me play you by, you know, what you do in, in practice or when you get your chance in games. Uh, as, as it concerns, concerns Shaden Sharp, I would think his message to his guys is make me not play him. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's, you know, and with the, another another of Cal's you know phrases about uh, the bench being his friend. I mean, you had a guy like Shaden Sharp. Uh, there's some ma- there's a major motivation factor there. You know, just as I think um, the fact that that Jacob Toppin has kind of come on, you know, and, and started to really shine. I think it's there's a there's a battle there between him and Keon, um, trying to scratch and claw for minutes at the four. Um, I think throwing a whole other viable guy in the mix, um, potentially star at some point in Shaden Sharp has to motivate everybody, uh, in the backcourt, you know, to do more, to be better. Um, I, I would think even a guy like Ty Ty was probably feeling that a little bit. I mean, you know, Ty Ty is really good, been really good. Cal keeps referring to him as quiet, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, uh, sort of quiet in his produ- productivity. Uh, something tells me that just the way Shaden Sharp plays, there's not going to be much quiet about him. And, and if you're Ty Ty, you see that guy come in, you know, he can, uh, get out there and put somebody on a poster. 
um, you know, I think that probably adds a level of motivation as well for, for even him. Talking with Kyle Tucker from TheAthletic.com, uh, Chin Coleman uh, came out and did the post game uh, in place of Cal on Saturday and uh, had some uh, interesting insight. One about, we we're talking about Ty Ty, and he said, uh, Chin said, I've you know, staying on him about just being more of, I think he used the, the word, being more of a killer. So to, to be more aggressive, because I was talking to, uh, it was a question I asked Chin about the how, you know, with Ty Ty scoring 17 in this game and really, you know, seeking his, his shot at times. I didn't think he did that as much in the previous stints where he had to run the point for a long time when Wheeler was out for either not playing well or, or injury like down at LSU that Ty Ty, you know, didn't turn it over and, and ran, you know, quarterback the team very well, but so like he kind of forgot to, you know, take his own opportunities and uh, he seemed, seemed to do that in this game. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I think there's a bunch of guys on this team that have have um, not only say struggle, but have, have been sort of trying to figure out, uh, pick their spots, figure out when they're supposed to do that. You know, and, and I think to a degree, it's going to be uh, on the coaching staff to tell them, you know, when that moment arrives that you know, this is your time not to defer. Uh, I think Kellen Grady falls in that category, um, a guy who touched the ball all the time and, and led Davidson in scoring and led him in, you know, field goal attempts, averaged, I think, 13 a game, uh, in his career there, uh, 13 or 14 field goal attempts a game there. Um, obviously in most games not getting that at Kentucky. And so I think guys like that, especially guys who are, are good teammates and sort of willing to share that spotlight and share the load. Um, and I think Ty Ty is that way too, which is, Ultimately, I think a probably pretty good thing, but still, it leaves them maybe a little unsure. You're the new guy, even as Kellen Grady is very experienced college player, a new guy, a tie tie, truly a new guy as a freshman. Um, sort of feeling out what you know. Okay, when, when am I allowed to be the killer? You know, when it, when, when am I allowed to really seek my own uh, versus staying within the the team uh, concept. I think they've been all kind of feeling that out, but um, whether it be that the coaches have finally uh, understood that they've got to push that button for those guys and say, go, go get yours or something else um, that has empowered them. It definitely seems like both Ty Ty and Kellen are settling into that place where if they're, if they're feeling it, just go, you know I mean? Kellen seems a lot more comfortable letting it fly even when it's not going down because the next next two or three or four or five might go in. Um, and Ty Ty certainly looked that way the other night. So with Kyle Tucker from TheAthletic.com. We'll take a break, come back, and continue here in just a moment. It is the Leach Report Radio Network. We're served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and The Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the Cats. I would say that's the best their team has looked because the ball really moved. And you got to guard all three guys. You've got to guard Mintz. You've got to guard uh, Ty Ty Washington. And certainly we put a lot of attention on Kellen Gray. So there's no one, there's no one in there that, that you can really back off of. 
Now, Georgia coach Tom Crean after the game Saturday at Rupp Arena. We're talking with Kyle Tucker from the Athletic. Dot com. Uh, you uh, wrote a story at The Athletic at, in the wake of the loss at LSU about some things Kentucky could learn from that setback. So what do they have to uh, learn from what happened last Tuesday to keep it from happening tomorrow and in subsequent places? Well, you know, I would not get anybody else concussed. Uh, I would not sit Oscar <laughs> for 11 minutes in foul trouble, and I would, I would keep everybody's uh, hamstrings from cramping up. Um, and I think they'll, they'll, uh, be all right. Uh, you know, I, I think I, I'm, I'm increasingly of the mind that, that really the only thing that cost, not the only thing, but, the, but, but the primary thing that cost them winning at LSU was, was all the wacky personnel stuff that happened. Um, I mean, you've got the SEC assist leader go, doesn't basically doesn't play in the game. A guy that the next time out sets the, all-time assist record uh basically didn't play for the last nine minutes of the game and the you know an all-american national leader in rebounding was out for more than half of the first half um so three probably your three best players overall um were severely limited in that game and you you know had the ball down one (laughs) in the final second so um i think they win that game if they're whole um uh, you know, I, I I don't I don't know if there's anything necessarily specific to transfer over from the trip to LSU and the trip to Nashville. Other than really and truly, they do need to get Severe Wheeler back if at all possible, as well as Ty Ty played, um, because Scotty Pippen is is a is a dangerous uh, player. You know, obviously they had a Vanderbilt after having some momentum had a little bit of a setback the other day, uh, pretty disappointing for them, but. Um, you know they they've been playing pretty well of late. Um, have beaten a couple of good teams, not great teams, pretty good teams. Uh, although I think Arkansas is basically melted down at this point. Uh, but you know I, I, I am surprised by what is happening for Vanderbilt, and it's obviously they go as as Scottie Pippen uh, Jr. goes, and and I would think they really need. You know, severe to get out there and bother him because if they can bother him, I think, you know, the head of the snake, as they say, um, if you could neutralize him, I think Kentucky will get their first road win of the season. And, and, uh, you know, I, I would predict them to do that probably regardless, even if, if Wheeler doesn't play, because I think they figured out what to do without him. But, uh, I, I think I'd feel a lot better about their chances if they just get him back. You know, you um, make the point about uh, Savier's uh, defense. He's, uh, you know, lethal in the transition game, but uh, defense in particular. I'm just looking here. The the uh, two uh, worst performance <coughs> since the Duke game. The two worst performances Kentucky's had in terms of the the Ken Palm stat of points per possession. Uh, Notre Dame was a 1.06, and anything above one or better is is uh, good if you're on offense and bad if you're on defense. And Georgia had a 1.07. Um, and, you know, uh, both of those games were games where uh, Wheeler wasn't on the fl- floor as much. So uh, his defensive contribution can could get overlooked because it's not as, uh, uh, as uh, prominently measured, but it's clearly a factor. Yeah, and I think the other thing about that is just um, sort of the, the overall – 
uh, long-term effect of, of his defense, you know, picking up, you know, full court, uh, pressuring the ball constantly. I think over the course of the game that just like wears people out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so many people have talked about it. You know, Ty Ty has talked about, you know, his first few weeks on, and I actually had heard this, uh, just sort of privately from people that were observing his first couple of weeks in, in practice, uh, severe just absolutely wore out. Uh, Ty Ty Washington just just exhausted him by smothering him, you know, every second of every you know practice or pickup game or anything. Uh, and I think that's what he does. I mean, he, you know, they talk about getting into their legs. That I think that's something that that Severe does very very well, and it's really impressive. Uh, you know, it, it, Severe. Uh, I don't know how to say this. Severe doesn't. He doesn't look like this like lean shredded up uh, little point guard. Uh, but he must be in an absolutely incredible shape because um, he not only does that on defense all game long, but then he's you know effectively running your offense uh, you know at this uh, breakneck speed uh, all game long. And so yeah, I mean there's there's just no question. No matter what uh, Ty Ty did, and again it's it is certainly a dilemma what to do when they're both available, what to do when Shaden Sharp is up to full speed. Regardless of all that, uh, I just think the the total impact on the game. There's no way you can keep Severe Wheeler on the bench for for much of it when he's healthy and available. I talk with Kyle Tucker from theAthletic.com. I'm gonna give you a way to win a bar bet, Kyle. Um, Oscar Shebway at 29 and 17 the other night. So I thought sure he was gonna get a 20-20 night, but uh, he he was not too far away from 30-20, 30 points, 20 rebounds. Three guys that, by my count, have done that in Kentucky basketball history. Now, the way you win the bet is to tell people that Bill Spivey's one of them because he's up there in all the rebounding stats. And Dan Issel, not surprisingly, is another one. And who's the third one? Any guess? Uh, oof. Mashburn? Mike Phillips. Oh yeah, I should have known that. Yeah. Had a 35-20 game, and you know he he uh, was a uh, uh, you know big time rebounder, but you know playing with and this was in the year when Roby got hurt, uh, so uh, there were you know more of the rebounds available to claim where Rick didn't get his share of them. But anyway, I just think that's the one people would uh, probably not get as as readily. It's uh, just a way to kind of segue into uh, what Oscar's doing, and um, I thought that. Uh, watching him in shoot-around. Mike and I talked about this early on the broadcast. I watched him in shoot-around, and he was kind of hesitating on shots, and he was missing that little elbow jumper that they get for him. And uh, he had missed a dunk down at LSU, and he'd missed three free throws, and um, yeah, only scored eight points. And I just watched it in practice Saturday before the game. I thought it just seems like he's he's in his own head, uh, to use a, uh athletic phrase. And he... Uh, I thought early in the game he missed a couple of shots, and then he was, you know, passing up, passing the ball back out when I thought he ought to try to score. But then, you know, Pratt said he just needs to see the ball go through the rim. Well, all of a sudden he got a dunk, he got a rebound, I got a like a putback basket or a or a feed, and then he got another dunk, and all of a sudden he took off and ended up with twenty nine and seventeen. And uh, Jen Coleman was telling us after the game about Calipari talking to him at shoot around about trying to, you know, keep the clutter tuned out. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that with all the positive things he's doing, you know, people around him are starting to say, "Well, if you, but if you just add this, you know, you got to show this to be a if you want to get drafted." Because Cal made reference to that in the uh, post game uh, interview, you know, saying, 
uh, don't worry about a couple of two or three months from now. Um, uh, you know, that, that's obviously, uh, I would think obviously a reference to the NBA draft, thinking about the draft process. Um, you know, well, you're only a, you're only a six nine forward. It's great that you're rebounding, but if you're going to play in the NBA, you got to, you know, step out and make shots and show off your offensive game and all this stuff. I would imagine that stuff is, you know, is coming at him right now. And, and it'd be hard not to have that in your mind. He's a guy who maybe more than anybody on this roster is sort of desperately playing for, you know, his family as well as himself, trying to improve their status. And so I think he feels the burden of that. Um, I think it's one of the reasons he, he rebounds like a maniac, you know, like his life depends on it because in some ways it does. Um, and so if he's, if he's started to feel the pressure of, I've got to do something else, I've got to do something more uh, to solidify my, <clears throat> excuse me, solidify myself as a pro, and I could see how that would, uh, start to weigh on him. Uh, and by the way, you said Mr. Duck. He did as well as he played the other night. He almost, uh, blew the record for tie tie. He missed the, he missed the, I think he was just a little tired at the end there, but he missed the dunk, uh, on what would have been, I think, I can't remember if it was the tying or the break, breaking, uh, assist from tie tie. But otherwise, yeah, very good. Um, we've seen at times this year where he does step out and hit that little elbow jumper and that free throw line jumper and, uh, I think he's got more than enough offense. He does struggle trying to just power his way up inside when it's when, when he's playing amongst a lot of length. That has bothered him some. I think he's got to develop a little bit more of a bag of you know tricks, things to, that he can do to to score or at least get fouled in those situations. But um, it's hard to nitpick Oscar much because whatever wherever he's flawed, uh, even if he's off offensively, he's just so constantly consistently gives you that uh, unbelievable rebounding effort I, I just have never seen anything like it um, and on a night when he scores too then he's you know he, he's player of the year level um, yep. I think in college basketball I think he's going to be you know deserves to be on that short list right now Kyle Tucker you can read him at theathletic.com he joins us every Monday Monday here on the Leach Report thanks Kyle Thank you. Be right back to finish up this edition of the Leach Report. We're served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. This day in 1966, Rupp's Runts survived a scare at Georgia. Kentucky was ranked number two, Georgia unranked, but it took double overtime to subdue the Bulldogs, 69-65. Louis Dampier with 23. A birthday from yesterday, belated happy birthday to Terrence Jones. Lane Jenkins, who started Lafayette High School, has transferred in to play volleyball for Kentucky. She transfers in from Loyola of Chicago. Meanwhile, former Wildcat Maddie Skinner has found a new home. She is headed back to her home state to play at the University of Texas. See you tomorrow from Nashville. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report.